So, I don't know, cold open for show number three. It's, you know, it's obviously region three, but it, we can do anything we want. Yeah. So, we are in Montclair, for, so there might be a... Uh, These are for you guys. Oh, oh thank you. Wait, wait a minute. See us. Uh, come on into the camera, sir. Uh, let's let's identify you. Hold on one second here. I'll, I'll uh, sacrifice my microphone here. Uh, who are you, sir? I'm Jacob Birch, quarterback, Montclair State. We, we knew that because we had you on our show uh, not that long ago. Jaquil, yes, how sir. are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Uh, how's it feel to be back? It feels great to be back. Uh, we're excited to get going and play again. So, okay, this is a cold open. You know how we work it here. Yeah. Uh, we try to be a little funny. So, first thing I want to talk about, and we haven't thanked him yet in the, our shows this week, but uh, for helping us get out here, uh, Coach Palazzo, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, the great work he does. Tell us your favorite Coach Palazzo story right off the bat. Uh, my favorite Coach Palazzo story is uh, probably when he came to see me in high school five years ago. He came to see me twice, actually. And uh, I, I didn't, because I, I had broke my foot in high school, and I really have no coaches come to see me after that. But he came to see me a couple times, so that's probably my favorite story. He, he must have loved you. Yeah. yeah. It still does, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. You're, you're a part, <laughs> part of this offense. Okay, so we, we've been talking throughout these shows about mm -hmm. how do you stay conditioned and everything else for when you don't really play much, at least. Uh, in your case, you guys had a couple games, but you don't play much in a uh, season. How have you stayed conditioned? You look like you're in great shape right now, ready to uh, go. Thanks. Well, we, we, we jumped a lot of rope in the offseason, but uh, I think uh, especially during the spring when we had the hour practice, it's it's making those days count. We're really like making every rep count, making every session, every practice count during the spring with the little little amount of time that we had. Cause we were divided into two teams, an hour each team, an a group, a group and a B group. So it was just making those days really count for us. Jaquel, you got uh, RPI coming up next weekend. Mm -hmm. You're going to go upstate New York. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a little while since you guys have played a game. What's mm -hmm. the feeling like on the team? You know, we're we're recording this on a Saturday, one mm -hmm. week away. How does it feel? Uh, we're excited. You know, RPI will be a, uh, an unfamiliar opponent, so we're we're excited to see what they what they can bring. We're excited to see what we can bring to them, and we just can't wait to go up and see them. So let's see here. Uh, yeah, I like that. I'm learning this. I'm definitely wearing this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you know, I, I caught a little flack uh, from Coach uh, Isernia that he doesn't think we'd wear uh, this color red with mm -hmm. white uh, because, you know, RPI has the same colors. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's challenging us. So, Coach, see, we can wear this color. Yep. Yeah, red and white looks pretty good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're good. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he may be trying to send us some stuff, though, I'll, I'll tell you. But, okay, l let's talk prediction-wise here. Montclair. Put him on the there's spot. No, there's no Wesley here this uh, season. Salisbury mm -hmm. and Montclair are probably the top of the conversation. Rowan is knocking on the door always. Uh, can this team do it? Can this team get the NJAC title and get to the playoffs? Uh, we, we believe we can, but uh, we got RPI first, and that's uh, that's our main goal. RPI is first on our list. So. Is Coach Everything Chicola else behind second. me? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what a football player is thinking right now, man. One at a game at a time. Tell folks uh, that they're watching season 14 of your favorite show. Send us to our uh, open. Yeah. You guys are watching season 14 of D3 in the huddle, and we can't wait to get our season started. You heard the man. Here we go. <laughs>
got to love uh, the QB uh, opening our show and uh, yeah. getting some good swag there. Thanks for the uh, My Clear State hoodies. Definitely wearing those. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. And uh, we will, uh, I think, be talking to him later on this season. I just have this funny feeling. I know one game I've got circled on my calendar is that October 2nd game, I think it is, against uh, Salisbury right here. Yeah, that's a big one. Yep, yeah, for NJAC purposes. Again, without Wesley uh, in Region 2, it'll be interesting. But this is our Region 3 show, so we're going to stare back to that right now. And uh, we do have a guest coming up uh, that we wish we could have talked to more in the spring. Yeah. Uh, Ian Barr from Westminster joining us. The pack is an important factor. The pack is back. Yeah, it is in Region 3, which is the South. Now, okay, here we go again. Well, the pack has always been considered in the South Region, there, right. or the original South Region. This yeah, there is, is a school from West Virginia in there, so that, <laughs> yep. that's getting in the South. Yeah. So, so we sort of just kind of go with it, and this, is, this isn't as big of an impact like the ASC being tossed out to Region 6 that we've focused yeah. on. The ASC belongs in this region, and yet they are not. And we thought it would be changed. They did not heard it was going to be changed, yep. and then it didn't. So Exactly. Now, we're going to run through, uh, or at least show on the screen, uh, teams that we ranked from Region 3 to give you some perspective here. Uh, obviously, uh, you look at Westminster and Washington and Jefferson yep. and uh, several others yeah, here. Yeah, Hendricks and Barry, and, yep. you know, the, sort of the usual suspects that we've kind of learned over the last few years. Uh, you know, it's... Randolph-Macon. Yeah, yeah, I was just actually going to jump to that because I'm looking at uh, our games to watch uh, list here in week two, and Randolph-Macon sitting right there. They had an incredible end to their spring season. you got to yep, think they uh, can roll with that. Pass, catch, and touchdown yeah. at OT. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, let's uh, look at some key games here in week one. So you look at the week one games here, and uh, a game I'm attending, Mount Union at Westminster, obviously a huge yep. one. But Hanover at center. That's that's an interesting game, uh, how that may have come to be. I, I, two yeah. teams that you wouldn't necessarily place as playing each other, and they got this one to go. Yeah, for sure, especially, I mean, Hanover's been the multi-time um, Heartland champs. Center was literally a, a play here and there away from winning the SAA in the spring. They've been a playoff team, uh, definitely a strong program. This, once again, kind of follows what we've been talking about in Regions 1 and 2. This is a game where, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily hurt their chances if they win their conference and get the Pool A bid, but a loss here could put Pool C situations in a challenge if they don't win their conference. So just like uh, West, uh, Western New England and, and Springfield and some of these other games, like this is a huge opening game for both programs. Back to the slide, the one I'm going to pick out, though, to you is Oshkosh at Huntingdon. Very interesting. Be because, yeah. you know, with all the coin toss um, back and forth and everything, Huntingdon has a lot. I think they're going to want to prove to folks that there was no fluke or anything yep. like that. Absolutely. Uh, they believe that. They know that. But they also want the rest of the country to shut up about the coin toss, <laughs> including yeah. me, I'm sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Huntingdon and Oshkosh, here's a great way to see, barometer-wise, we're one team that didn't play in the spring versus one team that did and successfully at that, yeah. how that may affect things ultimately. Yeah, and ultimately this is a, a semi-battle you know, battle of top 25 teams because Huntington was in our spring top 25. Yep. Um, you know, uh, Oshkosh, Oshkosh is high is, in ours. Is high in ours, so there you know, a lot of expectations there and for the Titans. So this is a great, um, almost like an NCAA game uh, type of uh, you know, preview. So should be an excellent opportunity to see how these two top teams from different regions match up. 
Week two, not as exciting, I don't think, in terms of marquee games. Yeah. But uh, we do highlight uh, River Falls at Hendricks, which is another interesting uh, Wisconsin yeah. uh, carryover game to the SAA yeah. in this case. Uh, One thing I'll say that's different about Region 3 compared to 1 and, and 2 is that these conferences are bigger. There's more There's more like a 9-10 team type conference setup, and so you're really Less only going to get yep. one out-of-conference game. So pretty much starting week two, you get into the conference schedule, which, let's face it, in every conference there's a top tier, a middle tier, and a bottom tier. So every week isn't necessarily going to be super exciting, but you know you still got to play the games and, and you know win them to move your way up the ladder. So let's go back to the pack. Uh, interesting development when Case Western Reserve chose not to play. Yep. And ultimately, you look at uh, you know who wins the first ever on the field championship, and it was Westminster uh, of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Team that, as I said, I'll be going to visit uh, on uh, what was it thir- Saturday. I'm, I'm, my days and uh, nights and weeks and everything are all messed up already here yep. as we get back to action. But on Saturday, they're hosting Mount Union. We want to talk to our defensive player of the season from the spring, yeah. Ian Barr, the linebacker who came back from a pretty devastating injury yeah. in the 2019 bowl game that they played. Uh, here's our interview with Ian. Ian, thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, it was just reading on your uh, bio on uh, the Westminster Athletics page, and uh, there's some great stuff there. And you know me, I'm the guy that asks the hard-hitting questions. And so everybody wants to know, is your mother's chili really that good, and why? It is. It is definitely that good. Um, she's. I don't know. She. She always. She has no recipe. I would say, but um, she has a unique mix. Uh, she. She spices it up a little, so it's always a little bit different, but it's always around the same. Uh, if that makes sense. Uh, but it's it's unique to her. Okay, so can your mom bring some chili to the Westminster Mount Union game? That's my question. I will let her know. Okay, I want to try this chili. JB, now now get to the less important questions, obviously, maybe about football. Well, you know, I, you know I'm kind of curious because we, you know, when we're filming this, this little segment tonight, I know that the Raiders are scrimmaging against uh, W and J, your guys, kind of your number one rivals in the, in the pack, at least, you know, the team that you beat for the, for the pack spring championship. I mean, do you have any, um, do you have any buddies on that president's team or do you guys all <laughs> you know, don't talk to each other because of how, you know, how deep that rivalry goes and, you know, are there? Any, I imagine your coaches are probably, you know, got to be at checking that out. I mean, it's got to be exciting to to have a team like Mount Union come to town. And um, I mean, I guess what what can we as sort of D three fans and and Frank will actually is going to be there in person expect? You know, what's the what's the game game day or game night in this case? Because it's going to be, I think, uh, no, it's actually during it's in the afternoon. So, but what so what's a game day experience like for the t- for the t- people at the Titan Stadium? Um, you know, we get a couple Western PA parents, a lot of Western PA parents, so a little bit of crazy Yinzer stuff there for sure. Um, but uh, outside of uh, you know us playing. Uh, usually the one back end zone has um, parents just lined up tailgating before the game, um, and then I would say during the game, it you know it, it's a small stadium, but it, it gets pretty loud. Uh, parents get into it, students get into it, so you know hopefully we're making plays to to help elevate that a little bit. 
I remember the uh, video production uh, that we got to see uh, for the championship game, and you guys had some pretty packed stands even uh, during COVID, so credit to everybody for getting that to work out uh, back in the springtime. But Ian, uh, your story is an interesting one, obviously, uh, from a perspective of where you've come from and where you've gone in the recent uh, term, at least. Uh, For folks that don't know what happened in the bowl game in 2019, and you know your comeback story uh fill them in what happened and how did you get back on that field to the degree that you did um yeah so 2019 ECAC bowl game uh we played Morrisville State up there and I tried to hip toss a like 350 pound offensive tackle so that ended up in a torn ACL and um just a long recovery with that uh, obviously, through COVID, that made it a bit of a mess. Um, but, you know, I, I had a, a, a really good supporting cast around me, especially when I got home and um, my physical therapist at home was kind of able to pick up where we were going uh, with the athletic training program at school. And, you know, he stayed on me. He was he was really helpful and, and kept me pushing. And, and I knew that I wanted to come back better than what I was in the sophomore year. Um you know, that was my goal, whether or not I was healthy or not, was to be a much better player. So um, that was just another obstacle that I had to get through, and uh, I think I did. So so what what have you guys been sort of working on uh, that you learned from the spring season kind of into this now preseason, getting ready for fall as a, as a defense or even just as a, a team in general, um, you know, to, to help you guys maybe get past some of those some of those struggles where you may, you know, not need to have some of those big plays as much as you used to, but obviously, you know, getting a few here and there doesn't hurt. Right. Um, our defense has always uh, preached defensive touchdowns and turnovers since I've gotten here. It's it's something that we do really well, and, and I think since I've gotten here, we've finished top 25, top 10 in the country every single year in that. Um, so that that's really a big emphasis for us on defense. And then offensively, we have playmakers, and last year I think – we were kind of young outside and, and we had some newer guys that uh, transferred over to the backfield. And, you know, obviously Cole, our quarterback, did a really good job helping them come along quickly. Um, but I think one thing that, that's really standing out is hopefully they can get uh, better consistency with that. So we aren't just relying on them to make a shot play, but they can they can drive the ball, get long drives as well, and, and start uh, wearing down opposing defenses. Every school's got a different number of seniors that have decided to come back. You are, as we were talking kind of offline, uh, you are a technical uh, fourth year, and you are in uh, the medical school program, I believe, over at uh, Westminster, and that will allow you to come back for another year. Sorry, sorry, Pac, folks. Uh, He's back for another year after this, uh, so uh, get used to him. But uh, change that to junior yeah. linebacker. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's seriously. Well, you know, we don't know what to call anybody at this point, but yeah, we'll just roll with this. But uh, the point being this, tell us about kind of the decision making process that you saw occur, because a team that played a full five game season or uh, thereabouts across the country might have seniors that feel fulfilled and might not have come back in that situation, whereas teams that played nothing probably had a better chance to get them to come back because of, you know, that need or desire to play. What is the story with Westminster seniors and what what made it happen? Was it Coach Benzel or, you know, give us kind of the insight as to your team's COVID story now. Um, 
yeah, I, I guess we we really only lost, I think, three, four seniors that were um, consistent contributors last year. Um, and I think just the reason a lot of older guys came back, like Frank Antuano, um, Braden Timmons, guys like that that came back, is we see that we have the opportunity to do something special this year. And I think that was just the major focal point is we wanted to attack the spring season and, and we wanted to go out and win the championship and go 5-0. and um, But we wanted that to be a building block for us. And, you know, obviously I think the guys that did leave wanted to come back, but they kind of got all that thrown on them. They had job opportunities and, you know, they did do what's best for, for them at, at that point in their life. But I think that was the major um, focal point is just coming back and winning another championship. Well, yeah, and I, I guess I guess Ian, you know, irrespective of how the game you know goes on on the fourth, I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, the goal is you know to to win a championship and you know starting off in your conference and then you know, see what happens in in the playoffs. I mean, I guess um, you know heading into heading into this season, um, where how do you feel things are are kind of similar or different uh, from just even a few months back? I mean, is it weird to kind of you know have to start up start off a preseason when you literally played a conference championship game uh what now like three or four months ago right yeah it's actually i think it's been good for us because like i said we really didn't lose a lot of guys that that played a lot in the spring um so we we've, we've been able to kind of hit the ground running in that sense and, and our playbook's been much more wide open in the spring than it normally or in the in the camp than it normally is because of the spring um because you know it's it's all fresh. We're still there. We're still ready to go. Um, I guess that answers that question. I suppose. Hey, Dave, I'm going to uh, jump in here before sure. before Frank before Frank pops in with this final question. I'm I'm curious. Is that white hat hanging on the back of your door? Is that a pack championship hat that that you guys got from winning the the preseason, or am I just seeing things from far away? No, that is uh, that was not intentional, but yeah, it's it's there. Um, always got to have it. <laughs> nice. so. That's right, baby. That's great. That's awesome. So, but it leads to my next question. So, very good segue there, Mr. Baker. Uh, Case, I believe, is uh, the first team up. At, it was, I, remind me if I'm wrong on this, but it goes uh, Mount Union, bye week, Case, Grove City. Is that the order? Yes. It's a yeah. hell of a start of a season there. Uh, your first three games, I mean, some teams would yeah. easily go 0-3 in that uh, gauntlet right there. Um, you guys have not beaten Case, I don't think, in your tenure at the uh, school at Westminster. Uh, so there's got to be kind of a personal feeling here of, uh, you know, whatever happens with the Mount Union game, that game being a conference game and being a game against a team like Case is something that you absolutely are going to want to uh, get at and then – you know, late on the line against Grove City the week after. I mean, does your conference schedule always stack up like this? And what's your thoughts here? Um, I don't. I can't remember it stacking up quite like that in the past. Um, you know, and obviously it, it seems a lot more daunting whenever you throw Mount Union there to start the season off. And uh, I think they moved a couple games around with COVID, and some teams not playing, and some teams did. Uh, some of the schedules got mixed up there. Um, but, yeah, regardless of Mount Union, the pack I don't think is routinely a conference that's getting uh, at-large bids in the playoffs. 
So we know that regardless of what happens week one, we, we have to win our conference. That's that's the, that's the start to get in and make a playoff run, which we want to do this year. Um, so why not get off to a, to a hot start with two of the best teams in the conference and figure out where we're really at? Let me just follow up one thing. What was the team's reaction when the announcement came through? And I think we had uh, broken it along with the school that Mount Union was going to be your first opponent because uh, that was pretty late in the ball game that that decision got made, from what I understand. Uh, actually, no. We I've known about that. That was kind of like a selling point uh, whenever I was getting recruited. Uh, was We knew, I guess it would have been my junior and senior year, we had a home-and-home with Mount Union. And, you know, we were a little unsure if it was going to come back with COVID, but they were able to work out the deals or however they do that. So, you know, we've known about it. And so it was something with my class and, and some of the guys that have transferred in. It's We've signed up for this challenge and we knew it was ahead of us. And, you know, we've taken the past three years to, to prepare, really. So. Yeah, and it's funny, Frank, I'm actually having like, uh, you know, deja vu all over again, because Ian, uh, earlier today, we spoke with Coach Thorne of uh, North Central, the defending Stag Bowl champions, and they will have to open up their season against Aurora, which is uh, ranked as a top 25 team um, by D3Football.com and has a quarterback, which might be in the um, Gallardi Trophy offering, and then the next game they have to play is against Wheaton, who actually beat them in 2019 and is like their number one rival in their conference. So it's funny, you guys um, and the defending Stag Bowl champs have a lot in common uh, with these very challenging out-of-the-gate schedules. But at the same time, um, it presents a, a really awesome opportunity. And why not um, you know, take your shot, so to speak, uh, when it's presented to you? And I, I imagine that, especially after the last 18 months or so, uh, that having a game like this at home to open up a season after uh, what was effectively a no season in 2020, uh, it just must feel really great. Right. And as cliche as it is, if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. It's, it really is true, though. It, you, you have to be prepared to take on challenges. You know, whether it's football or in your life, you got to be prepared to take on the challenges that get thrown at you. So, you know, I think that's what, we've we're we're gonna do so and let's talk about you for one more second here uh you were our defensive player of the season uh countrywide nationwide in the spring season uh we had reached out to coach benzel because uh we had a, a thought of one of your teammates as well not naming names at this point but when we did so his response was essentially you are the heart of his team uh and I, I don't know what level of surprise it was to you that you were named defensive player of the season, but uh, to hear those words from Coach Benzel, what does that mean to you? Uh, it means a lot. It's <clears throat> it's something that you know you you work you work towards um, as as any football player I think should is you want to be the guy and you kind of want to be the face of a program if you really really want to be this good and. Um, coming as a freshman, uh, there were a lot of good seniors um, from that class when I was a freshman that, that helped bring me along, and as well as the class um, underneath them. So they, they played a huge impact in, in making me who I am. And, you know, it was my goal to, to not only show off the work they've done, but the work I've done too to help become where I'm, or help get to where I'm at. So. 
Well, perfect segue, Ian, because as is a longstanding tradition now into our 14th season, we have always offered our student athlete guests the opportunity to give shout outs to any friends, family, uh, current, former teammates. It sounded like you have a few folks there, maybe right at the tip of your tongue that you would like to, uh, to say uh, hey to for any of those tuning in. Um, Ian Barr, the floor is yours. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think on on defense, we'll we'll shout out Miggy, uh, AP, and and Pauly, a couple of Florida guys that that really helped take me in and and bring me along when I was younger. And then Brady Hogue has been very influential. And then obviously my parents and and Adam Frank, my physical therapist, when I went home, really helped um, make me be ready for for last year. You gotta love the grit that Ian Barr has, and the, yeah. the, my favorite thing about Ian, uh, you know, chili question aside, <laughs> is he's a smart guy. Yeah, I mean, like med student, smart guy. Future Doctor Barr, probably. And yeah. it, very, you know, he's very matter of fact about things. So yeah. you, you can tell that he's very focused, and that has helped him become the heartbeat of that team, as uh, Coach Benzel has referred to him, mm -hmm. uh, to us especially. Yeah. I've got a tough question for you, though. Okay, we've got Westminster uh, above all other pack teams in our top twenty-five, number Not twelve. Much. They're only a couple spaces ahead of the presidents, and and that's the question. How do you think this plays out with Case getting back in action here? That's probably the biggest question for this whole entire region, um, especially with you know some of the games that we're going to see in the first couple of weeks. I think Case Western Reserve feels like they have a lot to prove. I remember during the pack media day when I tuned in for that. Um, you know, some of their senior captains were they were really upset that they didn't get a chance to defend that title and they're going to do everything that they can that's under their control to get it back. Yeah, it's going to be I think the SAA is going to be exciting to watch. Oh yeah. Let's let's not kid ourselves here. Yeah, all those games in the spring were decided by a few plays here and there. They were amazing. USA South is going to be interesting to watch yeah. after the coin toss discussion and yeah. but just the teams that I have seen be getting better as well. But the pack to me is where it's at in terms of the lack of clarity because we have teams we've been talking about, the growth cities of the world, mm -hmm. Case. Then you throw in Westminster and Washington Jefferson back into the mix here yeah. from the spring, and we know that they've gotten better from playing spring football. And this could be a four-way race that goes down to the wire. Could be more than that because even schools like Geneva, I mean, they, they knocked off some of their you know, higher-ranked opponents, so to speak, and they finished on a two-game two win, uh, two win streak. Uh, at the end of the spring. So I think the pack is about as wide open as it gets. I know um, the folks down in Brevard are really chomping at the bit to prove that they were really the conference champions of the USA South. Yep. And so, and in the ODAC too, I mean, even though em Emory and Henry is gone, um, you know, that Hampton Sydney and all those other schools in there with Randolph Macon, it's going to be a really tight race. Well, Hampton Sydney feels like they were somewhat embarrassed, I think, in the yeah, game against yeah, Randolph Macon. They didn't Macon. show up as well as they probably could or should have. And yeah. so you got to think that they're going to wake up from that yep. uh, slumber a little bit and mm -hmm. fight back harder. So it could be interesting when they play each other later in the season. We got some great games coming up in Region 3. I'm actually excited that we've been able to add them into our uh, coverage uh, yeah. area here this season, and we will give you some good insight throughout the season to the degree we can provide that mm -hmm. uh, here on In the Huddle. So stay tuned for that. 
stay tuned for that Westminster uh, hosting of uh, Mount Union game coming yeah. up on Saturday. Excited to be out there and we'll have a, uh, hopefully, a, we're still working this out, but we're attending to have a kickoff show basically before the game that JB and, uh, from Florida and I uh, live in person there uh, will be uh, kind of monitoring what's coming up nationwide on Saturday number one of college football. We haven't gotten to say that much in the fall since 2019. Been a while, yeah. Regions four through six on our next show. Thanks again to everybody here at Montclair for having us. Uh, Coach mm -hmm. Palazzo, Coach Giancola, and uh, folks, tune in tomorrow. We got one more for you.